awesome. And we've even got storm clouds in the background. Um, yeah. So you can hear it. Space Thunder. Another space game from This American Dice. But don't worry. This time, no one's drunk and yammering on about politics. We bring you Lasers and Feelings. Another episode of Lasers and Feelings. Not the previous one. Star date now. Hop aboard the Raptor and see if we can fix these space problems. Out here! In space! In space. All right, so we're playing Lasers and Feelings. And uh, Lasers and Feelings is a game by John Harper. The end. Yep, is a game by John Harper. And uh, it's like a Star Trek spoof game, is how I always describe it. It's a super simple. It's one page. It's You've only got two stats, and you just kind of go nuts with it. And in fact, you even generate the plot line of the game like the challenge that you're dealing with randomly. Um, joining me today, uh, we've got David. That's me. Um, joining us is Justin. Hello. And then uh, if you guys have anything that you want to uh, talk about, you can either plug that or promote that off the bat now or later on. It's up to you. Yes, uh, I'm... This is... Uh, I'm a forever DM, so it's really fun that I get to play. Uh, I play... D&D with my friends on Twitch every Tuesday at around 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is twitch.tv slash uh, junk drawer show. Uh, so kind of like a junk drawer in your house. Uh, and then you can, all the socials are the junk drawer show. So check us out. Cool. The junk drawer show. All right. And then we've got, not to uh, make it more confusing on us, in addition to David and Justin, we've got Dave. Dave, welcome. Hi, great to be here. Uh, nothing to plug except whatever you plug. <laughs> you don't want to plug. Uh, um, you don't have any like cool kid unboxing videos that like you're like you're like I gotta monetize these little guys somehow. Actually, I have a I have a series that it has very lame unboxings like socks, and uh, <laughs> we give our kids bananas for Christmas, so we post those. No, but nope, I'm good. <laughs> Just here for the funds. Okay, cool. That would be pretty funny of just uh, unboxing videos of children being disappointed by presents. Like, yay, a stationary set. Great. Hey, Grandma gave me another uh, Buffalo nickel. Yeah. Um. All right. So, lasers and feelings. So... You guys can follow along. There's only one page, so it won't be too tough. You are the crew of the interstellar scout ship Raptor. Your mission is to explore uncharted regions of space, deal with aliens both friendly and deadly, and defend the consortium worlds. The consortium world, sorry, against space dangers. Captain Darcy has been overcome by the strange psychic entity known as something else, leaving you to fend for yourselves while he recovers in a medical pod. The first step is we got to create our characters. So I know that some of you guys had stuff that you were interested in from looking this over. Um, ideally, we don't have any overlaps. So we don't have um, two sexy doctors. But uh, to create your characters, you choose a style for your character. Are you an alien, an android, dangerous? A hotshot, someone who's intrepid, someone savvy or sexy. And then you choose a role for your character. Are you the doctor, the envoy, the engineer, explorer, pilot, scientist, soldier, whatever it might be. So uh, so I was thinking of going with a sexy scientist. A sexy scientist. All right. Uh, so sexy. I don't know if sexy is my race. I would love my race to just be... <laughs> Just if I could just be described as sex pot, that would be great. What what if you filled out like uh, forms with that, like college applications? And they're like race, and you're like sex, sex, and then sexy, and they're like sex, and I'm like yes. Or you wrote sex under sex under sex. You wrote race, and then they're like, wait, what? The Correct. Fuck does this mean? 
<laughs> I'm just going to say I'm going to be like really sexy blue. That's about it. Like a cool. light blue. So like a like a tough wrapper from the early 2000s that like baby blue. Yeah, like a powder blue. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So a, se <laughs> a sexy sign. We got a sexy scientist. I'll pop that in here. Hell yeah. Justin, sexy scientist. All right, David, how about you? Um, all right, let's see. Um, I'm really drawn to um, see. It's tricky. Maybe this is a quality of David's because I was like, I'll just round out whoever wasn't picked. So I think I'm leaning toward either alien or android. Hmm. Maybe like a like an alien, like ambassador thing. Maybe I'll pick. Ooh, Jesus I Christ. This my dog is loving this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe like a, an alien envoy, like, but you know, I'll be very culturally different. Like, Oh, what a fish out of water, but you know, just have weird eyebrows or something. Just basically Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Look just at how alien based on the budget. Yeah. Okay. I have orange so, eyebrows. So David alien envoy or envoy, however you say that. Cool. Eyebrows, eyebrows. All right. How about Dave? What are you thinking? We got a sexy scientist, yeah. an alien envoy. I guess I, I'll take the uh, hotshot engineer. Hotshot engineer. What are we going to be uh, flying it? You know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're a hotshot. So long. So long as this bad. So long as this girl moves, I can get her there. I've been hammering these babies and screwing them since I could walk. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, I've told this joke a million times, but my idea of um, it's not the hotshot engineer. It's like the hotshot pilot in a space show would be um, like, they're like, we got to get to alpha alpha seven. And we got to get there fast. And there's a guy with like a leather jacket and sunglasses. And he's like, don't worry, I can get you there. Let's do this. And he whips around in the chair and then proceeds to do seven hours of calculations. Because it's space travel and it's fucking complicated. And then he's like, let's go. And he just types it all into the computer. Anyway. It's the worst thing that could happen if you're off by it. Let me. If yeah, then it just, yeah, then it just, it just flies them into a, it just flies them into a moon. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, he put a he put a parenthesis in the wrong place. All right, so now what you guys are going to do is you're going to choose your stats. So, lasers and feelings. In this game, your two stats are lasers and feelings. All right, so you're going to choose a number from two to five. A higher number means you're better at lasers, which relates to stuff regarding science, cold rationality, being calm, being precise, um, so higher numbers are more about lasers. And then a lower number means that you're better at feelings. So really you only pick one number, but it determines whether you're better with lasers or better with feelings. Feelings relates to intuition, diplomacy, seduction, wildness, passionate action, that kind of thing. So, um, when Spock, Spock basically is using lasers all the time, except for when he chooses to uh, sacrifice himself in order to save the ship. And then he's using feelings. Worf, on the other hand, jumps down and he's, he's got his batleth in hand and he's biting Deanna Troy on the face and that kind of stuff. And that's all feelings, um, except when he has to rein it in and make a cold calculated decision. And then that's lasers. So the higher your number two, three, four, or five, the higher your number, the more lasers related you are, the lower your number, the more feelings related you are. All right, folks, so we had a whole lot of discussion about exactly everybody's stats, and it got real technical as to what those stats mean. In the end, we had Justin as the sexy scientist with a two, so leaning more feelings than lasers. David as the android envoy, with a five, so lead, leaning more lasers than feelings. And Dave, as the hotshot engineer, who had a three, 
So a little bit more lasers, but still leaning towards feelings. So we've got our characters. Um, if you guys want to think up um, like a cool space adventure name, the name that they give is Sparks McGee. That's the, that's the sample name they give as a cool space adventure name. Um, so think of maybe a name. Um, everybody's going to start out with a consortium uniform with built-in vac suit for spacewalks, a super sweet space phone camera communicator scanner thing with universal translator, a variable, variable beam phaser pistol um, set to stun, and then it says, usually. If you want to come up with some kind of goal... Um, for your character as well, that's a good idea. And like, uh, and I'll give you a list of goals in a second and like a basic look for your character of like, oh, you know, if we saw them on this TV show, here's how they would look. Um, if you're really struggling with coming up with a totally new idea, you can always just say, uh, my character looks like, um, he looks like Brad Pitt, but with a robot eye, like you can always just do that kind of a thing. So space name. Um, look, and then for the goals, if you look on that sheet, there's character goals. It says, choose one or create your own. Become captain. Meet sexy aliens. Shoot bad guys. Find new worlds. Solve weird space mysteries. Prove yourself. Keep being awesome. So, I think the purpose of these goals is just so that way, like, right built into the game, there's things that you've got that you're kind of driven to do automatically. And then there's things that I'm encouraged to set you up to do. So if somebody's thing is meet sexy aliens, then we'll have to constantly go down to like Rigel seven or whatever it, the sex planet was on star Trek. Who would ever pick that anyway? Uh, my goal <laughs> is to meet sexy. aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, I have a name. It is Jareth Pax. And I'll put it in the chat. Um, and I'm going to just say that my scientific uh, expertise, I'm going to say, is um, anthropology. So that way I know about cultures and I know about people uh, and then other things peppered here and there. And then, uh, yes, my my goal is going to be to collect DNA in a very archaic sense. Okay, that sounds like you're just collecting jizz samples. <laughs> hey, man, skin, skin, dude. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so we've got Jareth Pax, the sexy scientist and anthropologist who's out there to collect DNA samples. Hmm. All right, I think I'll go with uh, Slugs Rashman. Slugs. I'm going to go around hammering and screwing and getting everyone the rash. Slugs Rashman. <laughs> That's how you spell it. Nice. And uh, yeah, so what, what's what's that goal? I'm going to prove myself. Prove himself? Yes. I'm the prove best himself. engineer in the galaxy. And everyone will know it He's when I'm done best. hammering and screwing. Nice. Okay. So we got Jareth Pax, Slugs Rashman. And of course, David, we got our Android envoy who is called. Um, what what are the uh, what would be the uh, the rank of a like an like an ambassador? Would it just be ambassador? In Star in Star Trek, they're imba- they're just ambassador. And like one of the things in Star Trek is that they are, whenever they're on a mission that is a specifically like diplomatic mission, they're in charge. Mm-hmm. What was um, um? What was Deanna Troy? Was she, she was her mom least, was an ambassador or something, right? I think her mom is an ambassador, but later on she is. I think she's also a lieutenant commander. The ship's counselor. She's ship's counselor. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then like her her rank that's like her job on the ship, and then her rank. There's a because there's an episode where she actually like goes up oh. in rank, and oh. there's like like she has to choose. Yeah, to hang sacrifice on. somebody. Um. Counselor would be kind of hilarious if just the counselor of the ship is just like, all right, and how are you feeling? 
How does that feel for you? Oh, happiness. What is that? Mm -hmm. Can you please put that into binary for me? <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. So I think I'm going <laughs> to, my title will be counselor. Absolutely. And I think it's going to be a uh, chord L. Chord C O R D or C H O R D. And what's your goal, Cordell? Um, see, I was assuming, yeah, I think I might stick with that. I was going to go prove yourself as well. Yeah, I think I'm still going to stick with that just to approve uh, the uh, more of uh, their race, like their, uh, I don't know, android kind. All right. So we've got Jareth Pax, the sexy scientist. We've got Slugs Rashman, the uh, hotshot engineer, and Counselor Cord L, the android envoy or envoy. Everything, everything sound cool there? All right. Go ahead and think about like what that character might look like while we create the ship. So as a group, we're gonna tick, tick. We're gonna pick. Two strengths for the Raptor. The name of our ship is the Raptor. Um, the strengths include it's fast, it's nimble, it's well-armed, it's got powerful shields, it's got superior sensors, it's got a, a cloaking device, um, or it's got fighter craft. So what two things of that list, and I'll copy them into the the chat in case you guys don't have this thing up or it's not as easy to get up as we get older that's how it goes there we go so which of those two sound most interesting to you i guess it kind of depends on what kind of vessel we're looking to be are we are like an exploration vessel or are we a uh, war vessel uh, what do you guys think So it does say you guys are an interstellar scout ship. But it doesn't specify what that exactly means. That could be ahead of like a military thing usually. That could be <laughs> more scientific related. Uh, I feel like fighter craft would be important because it, it. I feel like it checks different boxes as far as like well-armed and hopefully powerful like subpar shields, subpar army like kind of column a column b but that's just me so fighter craft me like... and an envoy on board i'm thinking like we'd probably be like the most peaceful like reaching out to new societies or something so i don't know about a fighter craft unless we're like carry the big stick style America. no that's fair um then maybe just sensors and shield or nimble I like sensors for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel between sensor, or wait, sorry, shield and nimble, probably nimble would be more interesting because then more cinematic. We can dodge stuff instead of getting hit by it. And it'll save on the special effects budget, maybe. They don't have to generate the shield, you know? Good point. That's how that works, right? <laughs> yeah, those shields always looked really, really impressive. <laughs> okay. Cool. So the Raptor has superior sensors and it's nimble, but there's a problem. It also has a weakness. So pick one of these problems. Is the fuel hog where it always needs energy crystals? Is there only one medical pod and Captain Darcy's already in it? Does it have horrible circuit breakers? In battle, the consoles tend to explode on the bridge, you know, and characters go, Gah! um, does it have a grim reputation? You know, like Captain Darcy maybe did some bad stuff in the past. What's the what's the negative that we got uh, surrounding the Raptor? I love the idea of our best uh, uh, communicator being more robotic. So if we had a bad reputation, watching those explanations play out. <laughs> Especially if we're in exploration diplomacy. But yes, I would love that as well. Okay. Well, that's true. It is called the Raptor, which is 
All right. So not known for diplomacy. Grim reputation. And we will, of course, figure out uh, that reputation as we play rather than come up with it right now. Okay. So we've got that. All right. So we've created our characters. We've created the ship. So when we're rolling the dice, um, you basically just build up a die pool. Whenever you're doing something risky, you roll 1d6. If you're prepared to do it, you do uh, you roll an extra die, an extra 1d6. All right? And if you're an expert, uh, based on your character and the situation, then you roll a third 1d6. So it's basically like, so long as you're doing a thing, you're rolling one die. And then it's just, are you prepared? And are you an expert at that? And then you kind of build that up to two or three dice. Um, if you're using lasers, you want to roll under your number. If you're rolling feelings, you want to roll over your number. And there's a special thing that happens when you roll exactly your number. If you roll your number exactly, you get what's called dun, 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 laser feelings, in which you get special insight into what's going on. And you can ask the GM a question and they'll answer you honestly. Um, you can then change your action if you want to and roll again. So it gives you extra insight into what's going down. So any questions before we get going? As a hotshot engineer, sorry, it's really messing with my head. If mm -hmm. I wanted to fix something with my, okay. uh, let's say, like, community college level understanding of, of these ships, mm -hmm. but I just kind of have a lucky knack for it, I'm imagining. If I had to fix something, <laughs> would I be rolling feelings or would I actually be rolling lasers? It, it depends on how you approach it, because... Um... If you go in and you're like, okay, I'm going to try to determine exactly what's wrong. Like, okay, you determining exactly what's wrong with the computer system. That sounds more like lasers. If you're in there and you're like, I'm just going to get in there and I'm going to goose this engine real good and make sure this thing works. Like, that's more feelings. Um, in the Got same it. way that like, yeah, like a soldier, like a sniper would most likely be very like lasers related. And meanwhile, um... Like Worf, when he goes into his Batleth rage, would be feelings related. It's like Jordy versus, uh, was it Kaylee from Firefly? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Equally qualified engineers, equally sexy. Only one of them's a looker. Whoa! One of take. Them, he, no, he he couldn't look. Physically. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, could each of you roll one d6? Don't tell us what you got just yet. All right, so everybody roll one d6. I will do the same thing. David, what did you get? Six. Justin, what did you get? Three. And Dave, what did you get? I also got a three. Six, three, three. All right. So we see our exterior shot of the Raptor. It's a scout ship. We know uh, it's got those kind of like warp nacelles, like the classic Star Trek starship. It's got kind of a saucer section type thing. And the Raptor is a scout ship. We see um, people at the people on the bridge, like working diligently. We see a shot of Captain Darcy's um, like office. And uh, what are some things in Captain Darcy's office that tell us a little bit about who this dude is? Now, keep in mind, he's like in cryostasis because of an earlier adventure that you guys had. So Captain Darcy is not awake right now to do whatever. But we see his office, his Captain Picard ready room kind of a thing. And we see decorations in there that tell us about him. What do we see and what does that tell us about him? Whoever's ready, just throw it on in. I love the idea of him uh, as kind of like this uh, war hero that's been relegated to uh, toting us around, a bunch of nerds. Okay. <laughs> right, like trophies from battle, that sort of thing. <laughs> Hence oh, the all right. reputation that we are saddled with now. Oh, okay. Like, like how grim? Well, we said PG-13, so not too crazy. But yeah, we've got like, um, maybe he has like swords from different space races that he's fought against and like medals 
Like, I'm um, thinking loot from uh, Conquered Civilization. Yeah, absolutely. So, Captain Darcy, he's a war hero. I'm going to write dot, 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 war trophies? Or maybe maybe war anti-hero? Yeah. So, if we were doing, like, more R-rated, it'd be like, there's a necklace of ears or something crazy like that. But, um, but yeah, so... He's got he's got all these he's <laughs> like got a all these chicken bone necklace except the chickens were sentient. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, he, he he counted uh, he he helped to conquer Cluculon Nine. Um, <laughs> yeah, love it. Uh, oh oh, maybe we see his reputation where there's um, there's a picture of people protesting him. And he braggadociously has the people protest a picture of the people protesting him, like in his office. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what else do we have? So he's he's this war hero in quotes, even though that's like this grim reputation that is was this guy maybe not so good. I feel like also he either has a really nice bar or a nice collection of spirits. Like he seems like a whiskey guy to me. Okay, so he's either Definitely. would you would you say that's either more because he's like I'm a classic man's man kind like Don Draper if Don Draper was a war criminal. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I was gonna say or just an alcoholic, but I guess that also fits in with Don Draper too. So the the answer is yes. All from Grace. Uh, I'm gonna write man's man and Little alcoholic. Dudes, dude. Yes, I'm one of those things. Um, David, what do you think? Um, my first thought was something um, like some sort of wild, not, I mean, some sort of weird pet. Like maybe I'm thinking like a giant fish tank, you know, like a bookshelf size fish tank of like weird, like po possibly alien exotic kind of fish that take a lot to maintain. So it's like, oh, this kind of tells us that he, you know, is very uh, exacting. And uh, has a lot of control over these little animals in his study or whatever, or his quarters. Like a, something that, that is like uh, incredibly starved all the time. And he just likes having the, <laughs> the, the, the like yeah. eating a rat to a snake. It is like, yeah, dangling the rat in front of it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That'd be okay. So he's got like a fish tank, of space piranhas or something like that. Some yeah. of them are definitely belly up though. Okay. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh, maybe damn, these are saltwater space piranhas. <laughs> Yeah, who feeds the fish while he's in cryostasis? Yeah, maybe they found they found him um, when they found him. You know, like two or three had gone belly up because, oh, he these take a lot of responsibility, and he's obviously been out for a while with this something else problem. I'm not ready for that responsibility. Like how long he's been out of commission by the number of floating fish as it goes on. Okay. If only we had a scientist who could help us feed these fish. Where's our space ichthyologist? Marine biologist. Yeah, I can't make food appear, doctor. Yeah, <laughs> all these fish are sentient too. It's horrifying. It's just a horrifying. <laughs> they just like, no. at you while you walk by Kill the tank. Me. <laughs> yeah, please, I'm in constant pain. <laughs> They've uh, arranged the the gravel on the bottom to be like, please help. Mm -hmm. I'm in a common law marriage with this little diver. They've the tied up the, the tiny, yeah, the tiny, like nineteen twenties diver, but he's yeah. like, he's been hung, hanged in effigy. They're like, you will no longer. He's he's, we're not in the tank with him. He's in the tank with us. <laughs> anyway, all right. So we've learned a little bit about Captain Darcy, um, alcoholic man's man, fish lover, war but we hero, more about slash ourselves. war criminal. All right. So we get shots of his ready room and um, then we kind of have a shot of Captain Darcy himself, like stuck in the medical bay in the med, in the med pod. And um, we see that for a moment and then we hop to the first of our crew members and we're going to get, a, get a peek at them, see what they look like and see what like the average day aboard the Raptor is for them. Who feels ready to do that? Yes, I'll go ahead. Uh, Slugs Rashman, he is the uh, 
know-it-all, do-it-all. He just shows up to work in pajamas. Um, no one questions him because they have no choice, or at least he thinks they have no choice. So he'll go in. Uh, slick back hair. It's mainly because, you know, not bathing. Not that he tries to take care of himself because he has no effort into it. It's uh, exactly as you would imagine going to a Magic the Gathering tournament and um, just without the obesity. All right. So we've got we've got Slugs Rashman going about things in the engine room. Slick back hair. Pajamas. Um, who's next? Uh, I'll go. So um, Jareth is like a, a 6'1", 35-year-old guy. Very shredded, ripped. Uh, has the kind of like... Um, full beard but he doesn't have the chin so it's the elongated side mustache kind of thing the and he's got kind of like kind of situation yeah he's got like this short kind of uh cropped hair and uh his uniform is always just a little like it's unbuttoned a little bit so you can see some of the chest hair there all right well since you're the first person who's wearing a uniform give us a detail or so about the uniform uh his uniform is, I mean, it's, I would say it's pristine. It's almost like a uh, powder blue biker jacket. Uh, and just to show what kind of division he is. And uh, combat boots, as opposed to the regular regulation, like beetle boots. And uh, just really, really tight leather black pants. All right. Finally, our resident android, Cordell. Yeah, so I think uh, Counselor Cord is a, uh, you know, an android in the loosest sense of the term. I feel he's more like an IG88 than a Data. Okay. So he's lots of like pistons and, you know, just exposed metal hoses and stuff. Those are my hoses. Don't look at them. Yeah, and he uh, maybe has like the he wears a unit or they I guess I'll also go with he. That's easier. Uh, he wears a uh, like a uniform, but it's the smallest. It's like you know. It's basically just looking like the uh, the uniforms on a hanger. It's like just he's not filling it out in the least. Uh, it's like dangling on those rods. And- I'm exactly. I'm almost imagining just if it was on a hanger and just dangling off of it, swaying. Yeah, <laughs> as he's doing things. That's Quick essentially it. Yeah. Rod. Sorry. And uh, I'm thinking maybe his his face is uh, like a computer screen, so he can show like uh, very emotional colors to help soothe people. Like, oh, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe uh, Counselor Court is just in in their quarters, which is just basically like a, a standing closet. I think it's like I don't I don't need this is sufficient. I don't need more than this. And he's uh, just reading uh, like a book, like not a data pad or anything, but reading a book. And it's maybe a what's the most uh, like the complete works of Shakespeare or something. Okay, and then he's like. Hmm, Romeo and Juliet, both dead. <laughs> and then his like computer screen goes blue. It's like this is sad. <laughs> Two star-crossed lovers, indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, okay. <laughs> but he's reading the novelization of Romeo plus Juliet. He's just watching that on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had some. I was listening to something today that people argued that that's the best movie ever made, and I was like, oh, "Okay." No it's the best soundtrack. Who won the argument? Cord was a big Baz Luhrmann fan. Yeah, Cord's a big Baz head. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they call them, Baz heads. Criterion yeah. Collection, baby. <laughs> yeah. Are you watching Great Gatsby again? <laughs> so sad. No, but it's it's crazy. All right. The American dream is dead. The American, yeah. Alrighty, well, you hear like, um, and you're like, senior, uh, what what are they called? The bridge crew? What 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 was the term in Star Trek for like the main crew? Basically, like all the important characters. The bridge officers staff. to the bridge. Officers. Officers. They're like officers. Officers to the bridge. Officers to the bridge. Wee-oo. Wee-oo. Officers to the bridge. 
I'll go to the bridge. That sounds fun. I'll also go to the bridge. I want to see all the officers. Yeah. So um, when you guys do indeed get to the bridge, communi communications officer Tommy Gatito shows up. And uh, Tommy Gatito is like, like, there's an important message, an important message for our, for the captain. Since, the, since the captain's in, uh, in the medical pod, I, I figured you guys would need, would need to see this. Yeah, uh, could be important. Uh, if you could just uh, put it on the, uh, the screen there, and uh, I will use my big brain to uh, decipher what's going on. Yeah. All right. So, um, okay. What's your name? Jareth. Jareth wants to just him to just put it on the big screen. Um, everybody down with that, or should we? And uh, communications officer Gatito says, uh, like, oh, should I? I could do that, or I could I could send it to the captain's ready room. And I'm just gonna cross my arms and go, yeah, yeah. Uh, send it to the captain's uh, ready room, and we'll read it there. And then we'll relay that information here. Oh, sure. Hold on. All right, it's ready for you as soon as you hop in there, guys. All right, you're doing great, sweaty. Thanks. And uh, I appreciate you not making fun of me. It's okay that you point out my glandular issue. It doesn't bother me. I just appreciate that. It's not. It's not a mocking comment. It came along with a with a positive affirmation, and I appreciate that. Thanks. Oh yeah, no, of course. Yeah, we'll get a beer after this. And this guy is like, <laughs> so no, wait. So is is the uh, fact that Captain Darcy is in the pod like a secret from everyone? I'm assuming no, unless it is. So if we wanted to go a secret, I'll be like, yeah, no, I'll go like to brief him. You just send that right over. Cause you know, we're like, we're like best friends now, you know? Uh, I mean, it's like, if we had like some kind of space that was for you and me, it was like our space or like something of that uh, kind of extent. Uh, I'd be in like the top eight of that space of our space, my space or your space, you know? Okay. Throughout this, so, I'm keeping an eye on uh, Cordell to, just to make sure they're not giving up the ruse. Okay, all right. So th the crew does not know Captain Darcy is in the med pod. Um, so, yeah, so uh, communications officer Gatito is like, like, absolutely. I don't even know what I was what, what I was thinking. I should have just sent it there right away. You're right. Anyway, see you later for that beer. And, Definitely. Think, and uh, Counselor uh, Cord just kind of puts his... Uh, little iron digits on his uh what was it officer gadito's shoulders and just starts like vibrating she's like uh, i see that you are stressed but do not worry that you're leaking so much you are still a great person thank you so much for your service thank you for putting this into the ready room oh thank you and thanks for the back rub i appreciate it i couldn't imagine anybody on the ship not wanting a back rub Absolutely. Just go, up, just go up to everybody and give them a back rub without asking or alerting them to it. Oh, it, it'll be the best. You're you're great. Oh, anyway, guys, thanks. <laughs> I found that's forty percent likely to de-stress people. You know what they say: forty percent, sixty percent, yes, sixty percent uh, chance of them getting way more stressed out. Weird. <laughs> okay. Anyway, guys, I'm beep, glad. Boop, boop. Officer, I'm so glad that you fell into the 30%. Good thing you're also our HR. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I'm also your, I'm also the HR rep. Yes. Yeah, if you have a complaint, report. please report to me. <laughs> okay. So we hop into the captain's ready room. We've got Cordell, the ship's counselor. We've got Jareth Pax, our science officer, uh, specifically an anthropologist. But in these shows, one person does all science. Um, and then we've got our engineer, our engineer Slugs Rashman. And um, there's a message. There's a there's a hail coming through, and it's from the consortium. And you guys are a part of the consortium. Who's the ranking officer here? Ooh, uh, the ranking officer is Captain Darcy. And since you guys <laughs> have said, "Yep, he's fine. Everything's cool." 
I'm going to go ahead and just say there's among the three of you, no one's in charge of anyone else. <laughs> Everyone's a weekend, weekend at Bernie's, this. just like yeah. in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a weekend at Bernie's situation. We got a we got a, a a weekend at Bernie's here, and you guys are are you're not moving Captain Darcy around, but you're pretending he's sick in his room or he's busy doing stuff, and you're trying to run the show. I'm gonna say as we're in there, I'm like, we got a real WAB on our hands, you guys. We got a web, a web, oh, a big web. Uh, it's a weekend at Bernie's situation. Uh, you know, that uh, lovable movie, classical movie, where the two guys get that dead guy. And they put, like, sunglasses on him, and he starts, like, walking around, and then they have, like, a big house party. Are we going to have a house party? Cordell, can you access the archives? Weekend at Bernie's. Apologies. My pop culture references have only gone up to 1600. A fun tidbit about Weekend at Bernie's. The original title for the movie was called Hot and Cold, and it was supposed to star the Corys. So Corey Ooh. Haynes and Corey Feldman, and then they decided they wanted to be wanted it to be older guys. So they had Jonathan Silverman and was it the David other Schwimmer? Guy who, it's not Schwimmer, but I don't remember who the other guy is. It's Jonathan Silverman like... and someone else. <laughs> David Schwimmer's twin, like you are they, Noah Wiley's twin. Yeah, I mean they both kind of look like David Schwimmer a little bit, but I hope you guys didn't hear that fart. Anyway. Um but yeah, so there's there's a there's like a hail, there's a. a, a made me laugh. Still like... <laughs> I'm still. I just put myself on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted you to know what I'm laughing. I'm gonna need what? 100% more fart jokes today. <laughs> well, we get ready. All right, uh, but yeah, so the, there's is this the, like the an phone, admiral the, the or phone, something? The phone is still ringing from the consortium, and it's like yeah. a call coming in from consortium I think headquarters. Counselor Cord will answer. And is it like a video screen thing? Absolutely, it's a video screen. Okay. Do you guys have your video screen on, or is it just like uh, my video screen's broken? Oh, Can the video I, be uh, placed against the captain? Like, oh wait, like in the hold on, I gotta get shades. Redirect it to the med bay. <laughs> oh, oh, you yeah. just have good. <laughs> I feel I have a perfect uh, way to uh, to get get through this, right? Sounds great. I think Cord says, um, I don't know about the video, but if if we at least can hear them or they can hear us, uh, Counselor Cord will be, um, apologies, this is Counselor Cord uh, on behalf of Captain Darcy. He is defecating, which is a perfectly normal biological function. All right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right up my alley. Nice. Nice. That was for you, Dave. <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, <laughs> well, you see a, a picture of an older, of an older uh, man with white hair. He's wearing like kind of the dress, like the formal dress uniform, and uh, and he's like Captain Darcy. Oh, defecating, huh? Yeah, that's Darcy. I was in the trenches with that man, and if there's one man who knows how to Take a dump, it's Captain Darcy. Well, boys, I'm Admiral Abita Dicewalker. I didn't just Kaiser so say that to together <laughs> from shit I saw around me. Should have said Fort Walker, you would have had me. <laughs> Abita Fart Fart Fartcracker. Abita Dicewalker. Very specific. Yes. Well What was the title again? Admiral. And don't you forget it. Now, I know Captain Darcy has taken one of his famous war hero dumps, so he'll be in there for a while. My God. That man may have gotten a... That may have, man may have gotten purple hearts in seven systems, but he's got a... But he's left a brown ring in 20. <laughs> a purple ring stop. piece. <laughs> All right. So... There's trouble, boys. And you better be you better be up to the test to deal with it because you're the closest ship. You see, well, we've got news that alien brain worms are trying to bond with the Star Dreadnought, which is apparently supposed to fix everything. But not fix everything for us. And that's the problem. You see. The consortium 
well, we're the peacemakers around here. We help everybody get uh, get together, stay together. Uh, and that's just exactly how we how we like it. If these brain worms are going to bond everything with the star dreadnought, they'll be able to not just fix everything. Their definition of fix everyone is fix everything is steal everyone's freedom, steal the very humanity and will from every person they bond with. And once they get that star dreadnought, they'll be able to shoot those brain worms into every system this side of the space, Mississippi. So, so then they're going to enslave the planet instead of fix everything. To, from the way they describe it, yeah, everything will be peaceful because we'll all be part of one hive mind with our consciousnesses c- crushed into and consumed into one big gestalt. It'll be terrifying. What do you want us to do? We got oh. this. Well, you're the closest ship, unfortunately, because of another uh, because of another issue. All the other ships are dealing with. Uh, the cyber zombies who are trying to empower the quantum tunnel uh, to destroy a, our home solar system. So everybody else is busy. You guys, when that happens. You guys got to get in there. So I'm sending over some coordinates from where we understood the star dreadnought may be. Now the in- intel's not perfect on this, so you're gonna have to do uh, you're gonna have to do some some research on your own. Now, from our records, you guys have some superior sensors, and you're going to need them. Uh, so, Austin, is uh, the Star Dreadnought something that's common knowledge, or what is that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Star Dreadnought, based on how we've described it, sounds like it's a singular thing. So... um. Ooh, you might have to do some research on that. This could be possibly our first role. But do you have any other questions for uh, Admiral Abita Dicewalker? Um, can, I, can I ask for to access his archives to find out what the uh, heck a Star Dreadnought is? It's like, your clearance should be updated. Captain Darcy's clearance should be updated, no problem, to access all the files relevant to this. You tell that man once he gets off that crapper that he's got uh, he'll be up. He'll be knees deep up in these uh, up up in all the factoids that he needs. That's old Darcy. He's a man who you can trust in the trenches, so long as he's not in the so long as he's not in the can. I had a, a very strong anomalous power signature from the turlet. I think uh, I think we might need a little shortcut. This could take a while. Oh, that's Darcy. Uh, yeah, a- Admiral, I have a question. Um, the alien spice worms, do they do things to your butt? Now, they're brain worms mostly, but it sounds like, from what I understand, they can get in any old way. So, uh, if you... Yeah, if all you... right. I'll do it. All right. I'm glad to see there's a man who's game for it. One of Darcy's boys. Anyway, I gotta go. There's a lot of paperwork I gotta fill out. And, like, he makes the mistake of moving the camera, and he's also on the toilet. <laughs> I know David is loving all this toilet humor. Why oh, is yeah, his toilet that's... paper facing the other way? Isn't it supposed to go front? And he's like, laughing uh, uncontrollably. Uh, those, those are my space documents. Goodbye. And he signs off. I think his space documents is toilet paper. I had a... Uh, <laughs> I, I, have, I have a friend who... I don't know if she still works for this bank but she works for a bank that was like entirely online. And she said like, you can just take pictures of your checks to deposit your checks. And she said so many people would take pictures of their checks on the toilet and you would just get a little bit of dick in the check picture. (laughs) They knew what they were doing. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, you can take pictures of your checks with a real bank too. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I, I just never... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah uh, you're right. I guess you could take some check dick pics with your regular bank. Too. I hope Roxanne likes my check pic. Wait, I just signed my dick. Is that okay? <laughs> the girl at SunTrust is going to love this. <laughs> Only, did you sign the underside? <laughs> anyway, all right. So you've gotten your mission from uh, Admiral Abita Dicewalker. It's the brain worms. 
and they're going to try to uh, bond with the Star Dreadnought to, from their perspective, fix everything. But it's really going to uh, essentially consume the consciousness of all those people who are bonded with uh, them. So can I, by them. are we able to like side note here? Go for I it. I see the, on the game sheet that fix everything is an option. So if we rolled a, like a seemingly randomly generated mission mm -hmm. and you took fix everything, which to me seems like we want to help them and you turned it into, nah, it's pretty bad. Or is well, this I... like part of the whole setup? Ah, I don't know if I'm ruining Like I, I kind of want to no. question the intentions You're... of the Admiral. You're, you're, uh, you're good. Um, but that's I just, it was just me trying to quickly turn, fix everything into something that would be bad that you could deal with rather than fix everything. That would be something that would be good. Now, could you argue that m since they say that the threat is the alien brain worms that want to bond with the star dreadnought, how is that a bad thing? If it will fix everything, how is Ooh. it a threat? The so Star that's... Dreadnought could fix everything. But the alien brainworms are going to bond with it, which in our mind might screw things up. Possibly. So uh, there had been some discussion earlier on about how much do we know about the Star Dreadnought? Yeah. I think uh, Cordell's first, uh, I don't know, mission is to uh, try and figure out more about that, the Dreadnought. Okay, so do you just try to like access uh, computer files and archives about the Star Dreadnought? Yeah, especially if I have to weaken at Bernie's his hand onto like uh, Captain Darcy's hand onto some kind of blueprint or fingerprint. I'd, I'd thing. like to help him. I think I have like engineering clearances too um, to access databases within the the starship. Okay, well, um, all right. So Cordell is attempting to look up this information. This sounds more lasers than feelings. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I'll say you're prepared for this in that you got like some kind of clearances from the Admiral. And Dave just said he wanted to help. So that would be a third die. Slugs. <clears throat> <laughs> So, nice. and he, yeah. So go ahead and roll three dice. That sounds about right. And you want to get under five, right? Yes. Well, I rolled a one, five, and six. So definitely got at least one. All right. So you got a one. All right. So if. Ooh, he also had a five is his magic number. Yeah. Right. I was wondering if that. So. So if one die succeeds, you barely manage it. The GM inflicts a complication, harm, or cost, but you do that thing. It also says if you roll your number exactly, you have laser feelings. You get a special insight into what's going on. Um, my thought with this would be you could do either one. Where you if could go, I'll, do the, I'll do the laser feelings, or I'll just go with the success. If you take laser feelings, like do you get to just re-roll that one die or is it the complete re-roll? I think it's the complete re-roll. So there's kind of an mm. advantage there in that it's a the one success is a kind of crappy success, whereas the laser feelings is a question and then you could maybe later on do the stuff again. Oh, that's for sure the best way to go. Okay. I mean, we'll have to change it up so it's not just doing exactly the same thing again. But, alright, so you get the special insight. Uh, what is the question that you want to know? You were trying Let's to look see, up so stuff about the Star Dreadnought. <laughs> just, just ask about the Dreadnought. <laughs> right. I, I kind of think it should be a little bit different than that, just so it's not the same. It's not just us in a loop of the same thing. Oh, okay. Well, so there's a list of questions, right? So who's behind this seems like the most intriguing. Okay. Um, Sure. Brain worms, bro. Come on, Who's man. Behind this, yeah, the brain worms. Um, Damn it, you got me. You got me in the right. loophole. Yeah, yeah. So the brain worms are also known as the um, as the black eggs. Um, the black eggs and the black eggs are uh, the species from a planet that's in such and such system. 
um, also known as the erasure system, because nothing that goes in there seemingly ever comes out. So the black eggs of the erasure system are these like worms or these parasite things that they think are responsible for this. And they only have some evidence to point to that because unfortunately they're not able to, um, like they've not been able to either get one that is alive or get the cooperation of someone who's been, uh, like infected, yeah, who's been brainwormed, and um, yeah, and so, and they've not been able to go into that system uh, without people getting brainwormed. Mm-hmm. So it's this, uh, it's the species of worms that are known as the black eggs, is what the consortium thinks. Okay. <laughs> sure. Can and then you roll I get it re- again to see why they're called eggs because they're worms. We need some serious insight. <laughs> uh, but I do re-roll, right? If it's a uh, if I use the laser feeling, right? Either yeah. Way. So then you so then you can re-roll that. So now knowing that situation, how does that slightly change up your your uh, what you're doing? Ever so slightly. It doesn't have to be a lot. This is a okay. super. Well, I don't. I'm pretty sure we figured this out by doing it this last time. But you don't double up on laser feelings because I got a five again, but I also got a one and a two. So a two is better than a one. So I'll take it. Right. Well, both a one and a two. Yeah. Do we, do we um, want to house rule it that you just can't do laser feelings twice? And I think, I think we figured brevity. Yeah. It's a good, no. that's a good idea for the sake of brevity. I think and last two, time we made that same rule. Yeah. And uh, if two dice, if two dice succeed, you do a great job. Yeah. So, all right. So you're able to find out about the, um, the star dreadnought. So I'm imagining that the Star Dreadnought is this, like, fairly secret consortium. Uh, I mean, the uh, the Empire would say this, too. But imagine, like, a Death Star type thing. But their whole idea is like, oh, it's a Death Star or even like a... Um, what was the thing from Force Awakens? Star Killer Base. Uh, where no it's one like, watched that. <laughs> yeah, no, no one saw that movie. The bigger Death Star. Yeah, um, that movie was fun. The, uh, they, I think that it's it's some kind of like uh, consortium attempt at like all of the all of the systems that are a part of the consortium. The idea is the Star Dreadnought is something that can be built to protect all of them. It's essentially like a galactic guard tower. Um, that from any point in consortium-controlled space, if there were any attacks, it could it could defend against those attacks from that centralized location. Can the crew of the Raptor stop the brain worms from getting a hold of the Star Dreadnought and, as far as the brain worms are concerned, fixing everything? Though to them, fixing everything means stymieing the very freedom of the cosmos. Come on back next week as Austin runs another exciting adventure of lasers and feelings with... Let's get the old space notebook out here. Justin as sexy scientist, Jareth Pax. David as android envoy, Cordell. And Dave as hotshot engineer Slugs Rashman. We'll see you next week, folks, on This American Dice. Like, oh no, R2. I thought you said you were on the pill. You'll have to be like, I just, I'm going in there. And they'll be like, Dr. Dr. Noah Wiley or whatever. But more a tyranny. kind of look like Noah Wiley. Why did you go with that? Have people told you that before? Um, if Noah Wiley gained a bunch of weight in his face, absolutely, I look like Noah Wiley. What? If Noah here. Wiley was like, these uh, these collagen injections went wrong. No, someone needs a, a comparison picture right now. Like, look at this yeah. guy. I just looked that up, and you're pretty accurate, Dave. <laughs>
<laughs> Austin is uh, post-DR because of the beard. No, when Noah Wiley goes to Africa, I forget which season that was. 